some people are comfortable with the risk premium, with the idea that stocks will outperform bonds, but other people really would prefer some sort of committed contractual protection behind their strategy. Hi, I'm John Sullivan with 401k Specialist, and this is the 401k Specialist Podcast. Dr. Wade Fow ran neck and neck with Morningstar's Christine Benz as our most popular podcast guest of 2021, and we're excited to have him back to kick off season two. Inflation is a major topic at the moment, and Fow, author, speaker, and professor at the American College of Financial Services, describes its effect on retirement income. He also explains tax-efficient retirement distribution and weighs in on the 4% controversy. Wade, let's get right to that controversy. Does the 4% safe withdrawal rule hold up, or do you agree with Christine Benz and Jeff Patak that it's now closer to 3.3%? I do think a a number like 3.3% is a lot more realistic when you're talking about the assumptions behind the 4% rule of thumb. And in that regard, I was part of a Morningstar study with David Blanchett and Michael Finca. I think it was in 2013 where we reached the same sort of conclusion. And I think they were really just updating that for the present day. And it's the low interest rates that continue to plague retirements is really the driving factor of that sort of lower withdrawal rate number. We've heard from people that 2022 will be a big year for guaranteed income and retirement plans. Are we right to get excited or is it overblown? Uh, certainly trends are moving in the direction of more interest with the, the retirement income style awareness that I've been working on. It just really brings to the table, there are different viable approaches to retirement. Some people are comfortable with the risk premium, with the idea that stocks will outperform bonds, but other people really would prefer some sort of committed contact, contractual protection behind their strategy. And increasingly, that's becoming available as just the entire focus is not just all you need is a total returns portfolio annuities are really being being brought to the table as a viable alternative as well. And so I think we'll see that continued growth and development. Are you happy with some of the income products you've seen as a result of the SECURE Act, or can they be better? Uh, Well, the SECURE Act, it's still kind of a gradual process, but there's definitely some interesting uh, products out there. It's building into target date funds, the idea of not necessarily even adding the annuity into the fund, but adding a mutual fund that will track the price of the annuity and that provides the flexibility that you know exactly how much annuity income you can get if you decide to take the option and purchase the annuity so that you're better able to track that. I think that's a great development. And I look forward to seeing more and more uh, become available inside the the 401k plan environment. Is there a risk of uh, overcomplication, do you think? Well, there there can be because annuities can get complicated. A a simple, plain vanilla type income annuity is quite straightforward, but it can be challenging to start to understand some of the bells and whistles behind benefit bases and withdrawal rates and everything else, roll-up rates and and step-ups and everything else with some of the deferred annuity products. So it is important to make things as simple as possible so that people can understand what's going on. Understood. One of the issues you're currently working on is tax planning for efficient retirement distributions. What's the research showing? It shows that people who are more thoughtful about approaching taxes can actually sustain their portfolios for a large number of years and or just have more legacy value for their assets at the end. And it's really a matter of thinking through, we all have to pay taxes. It's just a matter of, we have some control about when we pay taxes and taking advantage of opportunities to pay taxes when the tax rate will be lower 
can really then help over the long term to improve the sustainability of the retirement assets. And and to recognize what, what this research shows as well, it's not just income tax brackets, not the federal income tax or state income tax brackets, but also the impact of adjusted gross income on the taxation of social security benefits, on triggering additional Medicare premiums and so forth. And so people may not realize that they may think they're in the 22% tax bracket when the reality is they they might be in over 50% as a tax bracket. Also, because it it can push preferential income, long-term capital gains from a 0% tax rate into a 15% tax rate or 15% into a 20%. When you put all those factors together, just being thoughtful and uh, managing taxable income and potentially paying more taxes in the short run can really lay a foundation for better long-term outcomes. And and that's a great opportunity for advisors to offer this to their clients. But hasn't tax efficiency always been an issue? Has there been some kind of a sea change that has caused you to to look at it again? It's it's always been an issue. It's, I, I think one of these things that it slowly bubbles up in terms of people starting to do research about it and then that leading into getting the message out and having more discussion and then be more people becoming aware of the problem. And so what I think we're really seeing now is more and more people are working in this area. They're aware of the problem. They're finding solutions. There's still a lot of work to be done because so much of the research now assumes some sort of fixed market return in the future. And the reality is markets are volatile. And so how do you adjust your, your tax planning in the face of not knowing what your actual future returns will be, and therefore not really knowing what kind of uh, tax bracket or adjusted gross income level you should be managing today as part of that process. Understood. Obviously, there's bad news about inflation currently. How specifically will it impact distributions? Inflation can have a negative impact on distributions. And so one of the saving graces of retirements over the past 10 or 15 years has just been as interest rates were low and and stock market valuations high, at least inflation was low. If inflation starts to pick up, it was the the retirements in the 1960s with the historical data that would show the worst case spending rates. And that was a big function of market downturns in the early retirement period, as well as high inflation. And so if we get into that sort of situation again, certainly inflation is a consideration and may lead to people wanting to revise how they think about sustainable spending and and just building in other either flexible spending or other strategies to help manage that as well. We've heard so much about a sequence of returns and, you know, retiring into a down market and so little about inflation for so long. Does it seem like it's almost like a seesaw, a teeter-totter that now we're hearing so much more about inflation and less about sequence of returns just because, as you said, valuations are so high? Well, the sequence of returns is always in the backdrop. And indeed, with markets having done so well, there's always this concern, maybe things are going to turn around and markets are down for a while. And that's what triggers the sequence of returns risk. Uh, So far, that hasn't happened. And so with inertia, maybe people are expecting that less. And now inflation is a new hot topic. But there's kind of an inflation, like a sequence of inflation risk that sometimes gets discussed. And it's part of the same process. It's just, if you have high inflation in early retirement, that permanently enhances the distribution need from your investments throughout retirement. And so it creates the same sort of long-term impact as a market downturn in early retirement. So yeah, we do see interest in in the different topics growing and waning from time to time. But uh, certainly they're both still on the plate as important subjects for people to consider. 
Understood. So another focus of your research is with retirement income styles. Can you just run us through that really quick? Mm -hmm. Yeah, increasingly, we just we've known there are different retirement strategies. And the basic ones are total return investing, where you use a diversified portfolio to support spending, the time segmentation or the bucketing strategies, and then the essential versus discretionary strategies, where you build more of a lifetime income floor to cover the basics and then invest uh, on top of that for the more discretionary types of expenses. And, and we think we've kind of figured out how to actually help identify for people what kind of strategy might resonate better with them as a starting point? Like, am I a total returns person? Am I a time segmentation person? Am I, we divide the essential versus discretionary into income protection and risk wrap in terms of more simple income annuities or more along the lines of deferred annuities with living benefits. But it, it really boils down to how do people feel about the trade-off between, are they comfortable relying on market growth or do they prefer some sort of contractual protection behind what they're doing? And then the other important factor that we never really predicted in advance, but it's what the data points to. Are you someone who really wants to keep your options open as much as possible to not sort of have any sort of restriction on your future behavior? Or are you someone who's more comfortable committing to a strategy that you know will work? And then you can check that off your list and, and you may not have as much flexibility about making changes, but you know it's going to solve for your lifetime income need and that, that makes you satisfied and happy. So depending on your views on optionality versus commitment and probability-based market growth versus safety-first contractual protections, it really helps identify between those four retirement strategies might, what might be the best starting point for you to think about, this is how I want to approach building my retirement income strategy. So we don't know what's going to happen with COVID, but uh, for now, anyway, do you have any conferences booked? Where are you going to be speaking? Where can people see you? I'm doing webinars still, and I'm hopeful to, to get on the road again uh, right now, potentially. <laughs> I have actually committed to two speaking events, one in, in Charleston, South Carolina, and then the, the Retirement Income Summit that'll be in Chicago in May. Uh, looking to be going to that one as well. And, and from there, we'll play it by ear and hope to get out there more and more. But you never know what's going to happen with new variants or new <laughs> mutations and so That's forth. That's for sure. Wonderful. Wade Fow, that's exactly what we needed. Thank you so much for joining us. Do appreciate it. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. 